Hello and welcome to the GFSB Business Podcast. I'm David Haragliade and this week's guest is the powerhouse entrepreneur behind the Trends department store, Bisham Nichlani. At just 18, Bisham started his career in retail with a shop he ran with his father. Armed with very little experience, huge dreams and a lot of hard work, he opened his first Trends store soon after. Since then, and many, many stores later, he has established himself within Gibraltar's community and made us all fall in love with Main Street shopping again. I met him in the office above his foot and mask store to learn more about his journey so far. The Gibraltar Federation of Small Businesses is a non-profit organization that exists to help small businesses start, grow and thrive. Get all the info at gfsb.gi. Firstly, Bisham, thank you so much for your time. It's a real honor to have you as a guest on the Series 2 of the GFSB Business Podcast. My pleasure, David, for being here and let's get going. I want to start, I guess, and growing up in Gibraltar with such a success today, who were those early role models for you growing up? Okay, so I migrated from India in 1984 at the age of seven. I spent my first two years in North Convent with the nuns. Um, me and my brother could not speak a word of English, uh, so we were with the nuns and a one-to-one, and those two years were great. We learned a lot from them, and then moved on to Segretat, Spent three years in Sacred Arts, and then I moved on to Bayside, did my GCSEs, and then I went to the College of Further Education for two years and did a business diploma there. At that time, my parents could not afford for me to go to university, so I had to join uh, the family business. Um, at that time, my father had four shops um, under the name of Bonbon, Bonbon Cash and Carry, Bonbon 2, with a partnership. The partnership split up. Um, the partnership split up because of me. Um, my father's partner then did not want me to join the family business. He said, look, I should go work somewhere else. They had disagreements, and from four shops, we were left with one, which was Bonbon 2. And that's how I started in um, 1995, at the age of 19. When we got the business, all I had was two years in the college. Uh, but the two years in college was amazing because they got you out there to do practical things. And it built me up for what I was joining. And um, when we took over, it was difficult because um, we had taken over a business that had debt, which we were not aware of. Um, and it was hard. You know, when you don't have the cash flow, you don't have the contacts, mm. very hard to get going. But I never looked back. I just kept on focusing. Worked in Bonbon 2 for two years. I started to connect with my clients. We're dealing with fast fashion. In those two years, I grew very quickly and made lots of contacts locally where the name Trends was chosen by my clients. We had a short list and Trends got the most ticks and, and that's why I chose Trends. And that was the first lesson I got, how, to, how I was connecting with my clients. Then came to um, my first orders for bags, shoes, which I had no idea of. I went down to a trade show in Blackpool, picked up a few catalogs of shoes, um, bought them back, photocopied them, Tipex off the prices, the cost prices, went to my clients and said, what shoes do you like? And the ones that got the most ticks are the ones that I ordered. So it started to work then. And then in 1997 is when I opened the first trends. And that was at 325 Main Street, the south end of Main Street. The busy end of Main Street was this side, the north end, no? Always has been, but it was just crazy money to, to get a shop there. So I ventured out the other way. Um, clients were used to me. Um, the amount of clients that would park outside the John McIntyre show, mm. 
run in, buy a dress, and go out. Um, and and every like I said at that time, I started to connect with uh, uh, the Plater um, community, which they had uh, fashion shows or so trends started going fashion shows. I ventured out to Paris for the first time to bring something different to to our stores. Again, that was successful. Two years down the line, we took on a unit which was 327 ABC Main Street. Um, that was the old 9X building. Again, it was a big step because that was a much bigger unit than I had before. The rent was three times the rent, but we were ready to grow further. And I think every time I moved, I had a dream, and that dream would be to grow further. Uh, and, and I've kept on doing that on every stage that I've done. So we, we got into... Uh, uh, three to seven Main Street. Now we're doing men's and women's. Before it was just women's. Now we ventured out to men's, women's, and kids in two seventy Main Street. So now we start to grow. Mm-hmm. Just from women's, we're now doing men's, women's, and kids. And we've also got a few brands that come in. I remember that um, for the first four years, David, I went to many trade shows, and no one would open the door for me because they'd ask me, "Who do you deal with? Which brands do you deal? Do you have?" And I said, "Look, I haven't got any. I just start somewhere." So, out of pity or out of luck, uh, in the fourth year, I came across a commercial director of Kickers. He liked me, and he said, "I'm going to open the first account for you." And then it was then it was not plain sailing, but we now had a big account with a big group in those days. So whenever someone asked me, who do you deal with? Oh, I deal with Kickers. I deal with the Pendant Group, and that started my journey on brands. Then we signed up Pepe Jeans, and slowly we started to move towards the brands. Mm-hmm. Um, we then moved on and got a unit in Casemate Square, um, which was uh, in uh, a very bad condition, but I was, not allowed, I was not asked to pay key money. So I said, we can take that risk. We'll go in. Um, I went in. I had a team. I joined the team while doing the shop up. I cut wood. I did uh, wherever I could. I helped them doing the electrical installation, painting. Um, enjoyed it as well. Learned as well. And now we had a shop down the south side, uh, north side of, of Main Street. Not Main Street, but yeah. Smith, which was linked very close to, to Main Street. Again, we signed up more brands. Uh, at the same time, building clientele, building that trust with my client, you know, um, getting to know what they want. And, and during that time, I was learning as well. Give your clients or give my client what they want. You know, if they want blue, give them blue, don't offer yeah. them yellow. And so that's what I was trying to learn. And that's, uh, yeah. every year I learned more. At the same time, my team was building, I was growing my team, so we could run multiple shops. And the biggest move came in 2010, when we paid a large sum of money to get the keys of 70 Main Street, which is the shop beside Rolex. And that was the start for the big boom for trends. Uh, mm. It was a risk, it was a leap, I mean, a leap in, of faith, if you could call it, uh, but I took it. I mean, I had my, um, I believed in myself and paid the key money, borrowed a lot of money, borrowed from the bank, borrowed from friends, um, and managed to get that big amount of money to give mm. to the Red House family, to the Sefati family. Um, and that's where we start to grow. And um, it's where trends really took uh, a foothold on Main Street. So you talk there about, obviously, multiple different stores. Yeah. Running now on Main Street, I can imagine. There's many more headaches in a way. How do you then go from all those different stores to having your main one on Main Street? 
So it comes down to, to one thing, and that's for me, that is passion and dreaming. I mean, at that time when we took on this big project, we were at the top end. I mean, we were the leaders, and we still are the leaders. And I say with a lot of pride, but not one to settle for, for what I have. I want to get more. And it was in a dream that I would have a multiple-story shop with escalators. Because when you travel to London, you travel to Madrid, you see these, and I so why not in Gibraltar? Why not? Um, why can't we have all these big brands in Gibraltar? Why do my clients have to go to Spain or London to buy them? And, and that is what drove me to make the biggest move in terms of investment, in terms of energy, invest the whole thing. Uh, there was no need for it. Financially, we were very well with, with the 70 Main Street. But it wasn't about the money. It was never about the finance. It was about me wanting to grow more. Uh, and having a distance between myself and my competitors. Yeah. And we took on, in 2015, we took on the big job of the ex-Barclays building. And 2016, February, we started our works. June 16, Brexit happened. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, uh, it was a hard day for me because everything that I had, plus more, was now invested in this project. But, you know, either you throw your towel in or you move on. Mm. And for me, it's never been easy. It's, mm. never, it's, never, it's, never been, it's never been given to me on a plate. Mm. So hard work comes naturally to me. I was there Monday to Sunday, 8 in the morning to 8 at night with, uh, with the Kasai's team, uh, learning with the architects, learning with the engineers. And we delivered a project, such a massive project, in seven months where we opened the doors on the... 10th of November 2016. I remember before the chief minister was going to come in, the Kasai's team were laying the last tile. You know, that's how close it yeah. was. And dealing with the biggest brands um, in Europe. And for the opening, we had, obviously we had the chief minister open the, the store with me, but we had the big boys in from Madrid, yeah. from London. All the big brands yeah. were there for the opening. So this was big for them. And this was big for Jeb as well. Yeah. No, we were there. Yeah. Uh, we were actually making a massive statement that looked we're good to go. Let's 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 bring Brexit on and we'll deal with it. The GFSB Business Podcast is sponsored by Gibraltar International Bank. So you talk there about the desire to move on, not necessarily motivated by the financials or, or more money, more everything. It's by a dream that you had. Yeah. Now a lot of people might dream, but few turn it into reality. Yeah. What's your Secret, or how do you think you've done that? Again, I think it's very simple. I don't know how I do it, but I managed to not chase money, but chase and deliver excellence, deliver the best service I can, deliver what my clients want, and do it out of passion. When you don't do it out of greed, you're going to do it honestly, and that, I think, has worked for me. Mm. So uh, there's many times that trends, uh, again, my wife has been part of this project, and she's helped me grow a lot uh, and helped me keep my, my feet on the ground. But the amount of blessings, and David, this is so important for me, is when my clients have stopped me in the street and wished me, Bish, que te vaya muy bien. You deserve it. Well done. Keep going. Those meant a lot. That, that's always meant a lot to me. When my clients, what now, have actually loads of clients of mine are, are friends now. No, and and that's that's been part of it, mm. and that's what's uh, been I think the core part of my belief of mm. growing. 
Okay. You mentioned earlier, uh, you know, not to the B word, but um, got Brexit, came in 2016, it caused a lot of uncertainty. The retail sector as a whole is facing some challenges. How are you feeling about retail in Jib right now? Look, I think in, in every scenario, be it negative, um, but there's always something there to look at. And I tend to try and get the positive out of the negative. We've had Brexit and then we've had COVID as well. Gibraltar post-COVID, I think Gibraltar is still blessed. Main Street is blessed. But we have the busiest Main Street, the business street. I mean, if you compare to numbers, we'd be up there. That's for you to move out and and do things about it. Uh, be different. Make things that, you know, do things that no one else does. If you have your hands folded, David, yeah. and you don't do things, then yeah. nothing's yeah. going to happen. I mean, my mantra to my, my team is take an action and wait for a reaction. And that could be a small action of moving a dummy, moving a display, moving, changing your mannequin, uh, doing something and waiting for a reaction. Now, if there isn't a reaction, take another action. Yeah. So I don't stay still. I keep doing things, keep on. And I keep on learning. Uh, there's a lot to learn. Every chance I get, uh, I try and sell myself with people that will influence me in a good way. Mm. I think that's been key. Um, I'm invited to loads of fashion shows, seminars to go out and learn, and you learn. Mm. And you try and implement as much mm. as you can. Obviously, you talk about learning and how you, you iterate. You've been learning since day one, I guess. Uh, you learned at the college when you were there. Yeah. How important do you think a business education is? That's a tricky one, because... I did not have further education. They were like, mm. could, my father couldn't afford it at that time. Look, I think my belief here is that being intelligent is not going to be enough. Mm. You need to be street smart. And for me, even for my kids, I think it's, it's important that it's good. I mean, mm. if you have education and you have the chance to do it, do mm. it. But you need to be, more importantly for me, is to be street smart. You need to know how the world works. Mm. You can know how to fly a plane, but if you don't know how the world works, they're going to eat your life, especially what's coming for them. Mm. You really have to know the mm. um, you know I mean? That's, yeah. And that's how, how yeah. I have learned. I've learned it the hard way, uh, step by step, brick by brick, and I've reached where I have reached. Mm. Um, but obviously education is important. But for me, going back and actually getting that experience, theory will not take you everywhere. And actually you're doing a lot of work right now to support... Young businesses or young talent, is that right? Yeah, so again, I go back to dreaming. Um, I dreamt of having a mega store, I've achieved that. I've now started investing in people where they're incubators and then we're accelerating them. Uh, so I am now part owner of The Bulb, part owner of Jibvent, part owner of uh, Star of India, and I've got people there, friends, mm. partners there that are doing the day-to-day, the operation side, which I invest my money, but when I can, my time. Yeah. Learn from them, and they learn mm-hmm. from me. And that has now started to grow, so I've got a yeah. few more projects in the pipeline. Again, now I'm investing in people to, to grow further and diversify, not just having retail, but yeah. other things. I've also taken on um, a, a part share of a logistics company, Eastgate. Again, that is to hedge... If retail does go down, I've got the logistics side to it. If there is a good deal for Gibraltar, then logistics will be very important for me to go out and reach the whole of Europe. I think that comes quite nicely towards the end, which would be your thoughts on the future. At the moment, it all seems so bleak. (laughs) Can you offer some optimism or hope or advice? You know, um, 
think Gibraltar, we've had Brexit, we've had COVID, and now we have Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> and it doesn't get any tougher than that, you know. And we're still in the middle of negotiating. Uh, the, hopefully the chief can get us a good deal and we have that. If it doesn't happen, look, we, we've always been a very agile place. And I believe that Gibraltar is blessed with that. And we are born having to learn two languages, multiple currencies. And, and you know, we always punch above our belt where whatever we do. So I'm sure we'll be okay. You know, we've had much... Uh, tougher situations. We've learned from Brexit. We're still learning from it. We've learned from COVID and we've come out all right. I'm sure that we'll come out of this very strong. But you have to remain positive. You, I mean, when it gets hard, you know, you've got to work harder. Yeah. You can't just fold your hands and throw yeah. the towel in. I've never been yeah. one to throw a towel in. There will be an opportunity. It might not be retail for me. It might be somewhere else. I'll yeah. sniff it out. I'll look it out and I'll start yeah. looking for it. And, and hence my diversifying into different businesses to have different platforms mm. to grow those businesses mm. further. Anyone that wants to open a business is more about having that hunger, that desire. Mm. You need to have that. You can have the best education, but if you don't have that desire, the hunger and hard work to go with it, it's going to be hard for you. Mm. It won't be easy. Well, okay, Bisham, thank you for your time. I My pleasure. I covered pretty My much pleasure. everything I wanted My to, pleasure. and thank you. No, thank you, David. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the GFSB Business Podcast this week. I really hope you've enjoyed it. Don't miss any future episodes by clicking subscribe wherever you're listening from. Thanks once again to the Gibraltar International Bank for sponsoring, to my guest, Bisham, and to Matthew Davies for the sound. See you next week.